0: You're listening to Marketing News Canada, Canada's number one show featuring the brightest minds in marketing, PR, and digital advertising. Welcome to another episode of Marketing News Canada. I am thrilled to introduce you to John Bromley, who is the founder and CEO of Charitable Impact. After a decade of working in corporate finance and charity law, John founded Charitable Impact to transform how Canadians experience giving. John is a two time TEDx speaker. BIV's 40 Under 40 winner and a proud father of two kids. John, thank you for being here. Darian, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. And fun fact, for all of our listeners and, and viewers, I, I worked at Chimp for many moons ago. This would been 15 years ago, I think it is now. One of our most effective time periods ever, uh, Darian. <laughs> oh man so back in the day again i want to talk about the name change because those might remember you were called chimp at one point which i mean you probably don't want to be brought up again or talked about but you you went through the the the, i guess a rebrand or a whole name resurfacing or how did that what went with that
1: well when you take the word charitable and impact and you smash it together what in what officially would be referred to as a portmanteau you get chimp and uh that was easy and 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 fun the ultimately, and it's actually really hard to lose because it's so easy to say, and it's actually yeah. easy and short to spell and all these types of things. <laughs> but at the end of the day, you know, it wasn't descriptive about who we were, or what we did. Whereas when you pulled it apart, first of all, it always represented charitable impact. And then when you sort of say, well, what what, what kind of business are you in? Um, you know, what kind of organization do you work with? We'd probably say one that's really all about charitable impact. So there it is in the name. And we find that useful. And then the story we also tell is that we just grew up a little bit.
0: Yeah. That's cool. That's great. I remember I, we'd often get mixed up with MailChimp. Well, then there, there's some of
1: that too, right? I mean, so we transitioned the name uh, about uh, two years ago, I think now, and uh, yeah. it was actually really natural. And we did a lot of the work. Or in fact, we did all the work on the transition and the and the sort of rebranding that came along with that internally. And it was, you know, one, I think it showcased some of the really good talent we have on the team. And and secondly, it was fun to own a project like that, right? Because you know your brand's something you interact with all the time; um, it's omnipresent kind of thing. And, and to sort of have that level of ownership on it internally, I, I, I think has paid uh, paid dividends, uh, to, you know, to us.
0: Yeah. So this holiday season, I was gifted charitable impact dollars thirty dollars from uh, a service firm we use. It's actually a, a smart and savvy, great kind of search firm in town. And so what do you call it? Tell us about that. Kind of what what, what was the experience like? Because I got it and I loved it. And it was so neat because I could send $30 to my favorite charity as a gift. And tell me about that portion of what uh, charitable impact does.
1: Well, when we think about charitable giving characteristically, if you're raised taught being taught about it at all, and actually that's a problem, we'll come back to that. But you know, you think about charities, and they need money. And of course, that's true. And they ask for money. And that's referred to as fundraising. And there's lots of Mm -hmm. marketing around that, right? You know, a lot about, yeah, Um, we don't so much think about charitable giving as something for and of the individual, something that helps us as people fulfill our interests and missions in life. First of all, second of all, we don't really think of the charitable dollar as a currency that can be used to make change in the world. And so, With charitable impact, of course, you can send money to a registered charity, you can give it to any charity of your choice, you're giving your way our support. But you can also send those dollars to someone else for them to give away. So in this case, it was used as a gift. I think that's, I think that's wonderful. Why in short is because, first of all, it's a legitimate gift for you to choose the way you want to. And second of all, in the past, it was always, hey, I gave money to this charity in your honor. Well, what about you choosing the charity that you want to give to? In that, there's not only, I think, a little bit more gifting in terms of present, but there's also the development of you as a donor who now has to go through the process of choosing the charity and or the cause that you want to give to, and 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 that's important. So the ability to transfer charitable dollars uh, between people inside a system like charitable impact has always sort of been viewed as new, but I think if you go out five or ten years from today there'll be more transactions between people and between brands and people than in terms of number of transactions than there will be, you know, gifts going out to charities for them to use to carry out their programs.
0: Yeah. I'll often use it as uh, if I'm late to a zoom meeting, I will send them some charitable impact dollars too, as a, as a sorry Cause I, I'm genuinely sorry and I'm, and, and I can say it, but I, it's my way to show like, Hey, here's 25 bucks. Please send it to your favorite charity. I'm, I, I totally messed up and was late for this meeting.
1: I love that, right? So there you are. There's where charity dollars are being used as a currency, right? As a currency to say sorry, as a currency to say thank you, as a currency to say Merry Christmas or Happy Birthday. And I think that's really cool. And we'll be seeing more of that.
0: Uh, the other thing we found... Um... Two friends of mine, we were talking one night, and one of them wanted to set up a scholarship fund, the donor advised fund section of Charitable Impact. What we found was we were like, hey, we could go through like the Vancouver Foundation, we could go through like a school district, but in order to actually have a genuinely kind of agnostic fund to scholarship students in an area and to manage it and to control it, we found it to be the best option. So we put it, you know, funds in there. Different people could add to that scholarship fund if they wanted to. And then, you know, every year we can pick a new recipient to receive the funds for their school. So tell us about kind of the donor advised portion of that.
1: Right. So, well, every account at Charitable Impact is a donor advised fund. What's a donor advised fund? Uh, I I think you can think about it as a bank account for charitable giving, right? So it's an account that allows you to donate or raise funds, donate into that account or raise funds into that account, right? And then separately... Think about what you're going to do with that money to create impact, right? Send it to a friend, send it to a registered charity, send it to multiple charities. So everything at Charitable Impact is the Donor Advice Fund. And we created the Donor Advice Fund to help people like you, Darian, who have charitable things that you want to get done and that you know what those are and you're able to create and facilitate those things in terms of your mind and change agency. But where do you go to find the tool to actually help you carry it out? So, I mean, ultimately, that's the story of Charitable Impact. We're a very people-centered, a very donor-centered organization that says, like, we're going to give you the tools as the person or as the corporation to help create the type of change you want to create and to go about it in your own way over time. So so fundamentally, I'd say that's the story of Charitable Impact, and that's ultimately the, the tool that serve that is the donor-advised fund, Okay. And the component at uh, Impact that you were using there, the giving group, is is our crowdsourcing tool that allows you to aggregate funds with other people. It's kind of like a fundraising page. And so actually what you're doing is really cool because you're taking if I if I understand the story correctly, yeah. so correct me where I'm wrong here, Darian, but like you're kind of going look at education's important. I live in this local area. I wanna I wanna raise, you know, money from you know, with friends and 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 sponsors and organizations, companies I work with. We're going to, and then, and then we're going to choose a student and we're going to give them a scholarship. And whether they go to SFU or they go to UBC or they go to Langara or maybe they go somewhere else, they might go out of the province. I don't know what your rules are, but then you can use that money and send it to any one of those charities or put it in a scholarship fund to help the student. Now, what's really cool about that is commonplace as that sounds, it doesn't happen very much. What normally happens is Langara. Or, or UVC, and there's nothing wrong with this, right? Then they should do this. But they go about saying, "Here's the scholarship, and you have to apply." What you're doing is that you're flipping that on its head and saying, "Look, communities of people can raise legitimate charitable dollars to apply through some type of process to help." In the, in this case, a kid, uh, you know, get educated um, from our community, and so that's sort of a donor or a group of people taking, you know, control over their own. Change agency, and in my view, you know, b- back when you were working with us, that what we were trying to create at the time was just a tool to help people like you, so that regardless of what charity or what cause you wanted to create change for, you still had something and someone, uh, a tool and an organization working for you to help you create that and advising you along the way. And and I'd say, Darian, that's one of the things that hasn't changed, and I don't ever expect to change at Charitable Impact, which is that donor centricity, helping whoever it is, not telling people what to do to create change, helping people figure out discover what that is on their own and then carry it out for them.
0: That's awesome. Now users on the site is, is December like 90% of your visitors or users come in December, or do you seeing it kind of happening throughout the year or what's kind of the patterns?
1: Well, one of the weaknesses of the charitable sector is that like it's very, very seasonal. I mean extremely seasonal, embarrassingly so, you know. The numbers get as high as eighty, ninety percent of money, you know, coming into charities in December. So if it comes, I guess that's good. But we'd like to see it come, you know, all throughout the year. Why? Because you're not your charitability, your your generosity, you know, characteristic as a human doesn't turn off in jan- January, right? And it really isn't really related to to tax receipts, even though tax receipts make your giving go further. So tax receipts are really important in the charity world, right? But it's not as if that's the ultimate reason why most people give. And statistically, that's true, too. But everyone gives in December. And at Terrible Impact, there's way more activity in December. Having said that, it's a it's a purposeful part of our mission and vision to, to try flatten that out more across the year so that in the future, hopefully, what you see is you actually see more tax-driven giving at the end of the year where people are actually being thoughtful about planning, gee, how much can I afford to give? and if I take the tax receipt. Now, I don't mind that happening near year end because it makes sense. But what I don't in theory like as much as sort of a, a leader in the sector is just this where it's like all this giving basically doesn't happen until this massive blip at the end. And the reason is because the risk is just too high, right? And and you know, hungry people or people who are looking to get educated or people who are sick, it's not like those programs and those needs don't stop you know, just cause it's Q2. You know, it's not only at Christmas time that people, you know, characteristically what we call Christmas time, right? It's not only at that time when there's needs in community. So it's actually a really important behavioral thing that we work towards changing. And and I think it can change with education and and I think it can change with engagement. Last comment, you know, you're into health and fitness, like do you only run during December?
0: Yeah. Or January. January is the fitness month. <laughs>
1: there you go. There you go. So, you know, if the answer is yes to that, then you've got some work to do to the extent that health and fitness is actually important to your life. Yeah. Right. So to the extent that charitable giving actually becomes a part of your lifestyle, which is something we actually want to see. It's like a part of how people identify you and a part of how you express yourself. Then, you know, it can't just happen, you know, here and there, because if it does, then no one's going to identify you as charitable.
0: Yeah. And I remember growing up, like what was ingrained in kind of like the culture was Halloween, right? You'd go around with those little awkward boxes around your neck and you'd collect coins at Halloween time. And then Remembrance Day, you would put money in to get a poppy, but that was more of kind of like you gave money to get something. But Halloween was really the only time outside of maybe you'd hear a Sarah McLaughlin commercial on TV where, you know, or, or you would see these commercials on a Saturday, right? With it, and it was always the flies in the eyes commercial where it was part of our daily lives. So how are you seeing it kind of seep out of, you know, December into the rest of the year? What, do you, what is your team working on?
1: Well, biggest problem in the charity sector today, and, and, what, and largely one that's undiscussed is that there's increasingly nowhere to learn about giving, right? So we've got this generosity characteristic as humans that's i would refer i would call human truth like we all have it right everyone gives back in somewhere another everyone's generous everyone wants to create change for something in the world right these are actually our beliefs there and if you can if you maybe you can remember that everyone wants to create change for something in the world number one number two everyone has something to give towards creating that change right yeah whether it's their time and their talent or yeah. or some of their money and we also believe when you give you actually get something in return right you feel yeah. joy you feel good you know, there's some science behind that. So I think that it's really about educating people to understand all the agency they actually have as an individual when it comes to charitable giving. To be succinct about it, you don't just have to give or think about giving when someone asks you to, right? So in the marketing lingo, when someone and you a fundraising pitch comes to you, that's not the only time to think about whether or not you're going to give. In fact, If you do that, you're, this isn't going to come out right, but it's like, you're almost like a weaker donor, right? Because you're more susceptible to what other people want you to do as opposed to driving towards what you are engaged in and want to create change for. And so it's really actually an education around agency, I think. It's a tough slog though, because most people give only when asked.
0: Yeah. Or they've eaten a chicken breast at a, a, you know, like a kind of dry chicken breast at a hotel banquet.
1: Arguably, they were asked to go to the fundraising gala where you get some dry chicken breast. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, they didn't just show up. And look, there's nothing wrong with that, right? It's not to say that, like, you know, that's wrong. But back to the, the, the analogy of fitness, like, if the only time you work out is when someone, like, really pulls you off the couch and, like, sort of forces you into that, you're not really into a sustainable you know, environment where for your own intrinsic reasons, you're working out, right? So we need those extrinsic forces, we, we don't want to complain too much about them, we just can't have an entire economy, a giving economy driven by extrinsic forces alone. Um, it's, it's a worse user experience, to be frank, right, because you feel better about yourself when you do things on your own volition. And, and secondly, it's more expensive, because someone's got to pay, you know, the whole facility, and this is largely the marketing world in the charitable domain. But someone's got to pay for that facility to find you, to target you, you know, to send you the right message, to get you to act so that that money goes to the program. We need to spend that money. But if you could hack that out of the system magically, you'd be seeing 30 to 40% more charitable economy because fundraising is really, really, really expensive.
0: And one of the things that when you're in charitable impact in your account You have like a Netflix-like thing right now. Suggestions, I noticed. I just, it was in there recently and it was like, here's some, based on your giving, here's some charities we suggest. Tell us about kind of some of the tech that you develop or ways that you've made that kind of that interface for, for users.
1: Well, the interface is, it's ultimately about experience, right? So what we want to do is we want to create an experience where as naturally as possible, you can learn all the different types of things that you can do as a as a donor, not just in our platform, but the things you can do as a donor, right? So there's different types of causes. Did you even know this type of cause is a charitable cause, right? Like, did you know that scholarships is a charitable cause? So if you're really into education, you can actually use the, the vehicle of charity to carry that out, right? Poverty, environmental relief, art aspects of sport. I mean, you can create almost any type of change within reason. That's not all about personal benefit through charitable giving. So that's, you know, over time, that's what we want the experience to be to sort of understand all the options that you can go about in terms of creating the change. And then the tools that you can use to do that, right? Like sending money to someone else for them to give away. I pay my own children a charitable allowance that way, right? You give stories when you're late to Zoom calls, you know, crowdfunding with friends to gather money into, you know, a giving group and and send larger amounts away with a more social spin on it, or giving privately, sometimes anonymously, if you choose any chair of your choice. So it's really about the experience that we're trying to create an experience that's donor centered, that allows the donor to create a personalized environment, custom to them, that becomes effectively over time, a resume of their change agency. And so when you get to a tool, in my long-winded approach to your question, Donny, when you get to the tool of something like discovery, we just—it's really a tool just to help people kind of go, "Hey, look, I'm interested in relieving poverty, and I live in British Columbia, maybe specifically uh, Vancouver or Surrey," and click, and now here are some charities that are in that domain, right? So we're trying to use modern, you know, search and discovery tools that will get better over time to empower the donor to go about making the change they want to see. So it's all very donor-centered.
0: And I'll give my, I'm just maybe one user example, but I, kind of my argument for using it, like even with my own partner at home, is I like that I can get one receipt at the end of the year, one tax receipt. Because I think there's been years where like, the receipts have come super late, or I never got a receipt, or like it it was just, it's administratively, it's so streamlined because I just download one doc and I give it to my accountant. It's amazing. And, and the second yeah. one is I don't have to get junk mail. Like, no, I shouldn't call it junk mail. I don't have to. Like, there's certain organizations I want to give to, but I can give to anonymously. But I never, I don't get on this mailing list because I can just, I want to know about them proactively. Like, I can seek out information. You know, they've got whatever, website, e-newsletter, whatever it is. I don't want them to start and get some mailing thing because they think they have to. Because a lot of charities are still in that, that habit.
1: Yeah, so the second feature there is is about personalization, right? Yeah choose enabling you to 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 give them the way you want to right i want to share my name with this organization but with this organization i don't yeah. want to yes the first one on admin is really about administrative efficiency i mean it should be easy as heck to manage all your tax receipts and the donor advice fund makes that easy as heck we appreciate that you want the administrative efficiency the question then becomes are you going to use that extra time to go watch more netflix or to do some research to you know advance your changing seat now you can choose what you do with your extra time that we save you from the tax receipt theory. But like our hope over time is, and and the theory of it is as the administrative burden of carrying out your charity, charitable giving disappears, right? Because it's just actually really easy for a system like ours to take care of it. You use that extra time and space to kind of go, okay, let's think about all the things that actually add value in the process of charitable giving. Like it doesn't really add a ton of value for you to be, Funneling through your emails, looking for tax receipts from all the different charities that you've given to, and you can't remember whether that was this year or last year. All of that extra time should be dedicated towards kind of going. Okay, how do I? Oh yeah, you know what? I'm I am going to get my friends together and start a scholarship fund in my you know, and and it's going to be really fun. And we're going to you know, we we'll do a dinner once a month around it, and we're going to invite a guest speaker. And we're going to listen to my podcast, and we're going to talk together. We're going to have this little giving group club of people, and this is what we're going to do. So. The question on administrative fairness and all, and administrative efficiency and all that kind of stuff, ultimately, it's sort of marketed as make your life easier. But from a charitable banker's perspective, what actually we want to see is those efficiencies drive you to do higher value things with your time while you're, quote, charitable giving. And in doing those higher value things, you actually find that it's pretty fun and pretty engaging. And then you do it more.
0: And one thing I find with, with charitable impact, you can actually find, um, and and I, I like this, everyone's like, you can find kind of like the upstarts, right? Like kind of like, I think there's, there's, everyone knows maybe the big five charities in Canada. We've seen all the ads, we've, you know, seen the commercials, but like, who are the ones that are like, they can't even afford, I don't know, a brochure. They can't afford even a very good website, but they're doing amazing work. Right. And those can be found through, through your site.
1: Well, every registered charity can be found. So yes, those charities can be found, right? And as a sort of neutral agnostic organization, right, who's not pushing charities onto you, we're giving you the platform to find those charities. We hope to create a world where there's sort of a more level playing field between charities. The thing that doesn't make the playing field level today is that the bigger charities that have more money in the bank can afford to spend more on fundraising. And so call that marketing. So the organizations that spend more on marketing are now more in front of people. And no one's heard of the small little, you know, upstart shoe company. Everyone's only heard of Nike and Reebok. And so everyone only buys Nike and Reebok, regardless of whether their shoes are more effective or not. So, and no, this comes back to education too, Darian, because like, do people know that, right? If you don't have any financial literacy or economic literacy, you don't always know how much time and money goes into developing you as a consumer to buy certain types of goods. That exact thing goes on in the charitable sector where people develop you to be a donor to their organization. And what charitable impact wants is for you to be a donor, period. So we want to pay to develop you as a donor, right? So we're not agnostic on that. But in terms of what you do as a donor and what change you create is entirely up to you. And we think that's important because ultimately it reduces the cost of giving, right? And secondly, because it's more fun. It's more intrinsically driven. Therefore, it's more sustainable.
0: That's awesome. Maybe give some examples or stories of like maybe giving groups or ways that people have been using it that are are interesting.
1: Well... For those who have ever heard of a donor-advised fund before, and there's maybe, you know, one out of 100 people who have heard that term, you know, which is a back-to-education problem. Characteristically, you go, oh, you know, donor-advised funds are for wealthy people. And lots of wealthy people use charitable impact.
2: Say goodbye
1: we have you know funds as you know north of 50 million dollars like one account you know we work with a ton of different investment managers who who help their clients you know with their charitable giving and when they're holding money in our system that can be invested and we're actually revolutionizing that world by making the tool and the education of the tool so accessible something that existing banks and other community foundations you know haven't really done in my view But I think the really exciting stories of change are actually coming from everyday, you know, Canadians, people who aren't the characteristic philanthropist who's like, you know, known as the wealthy individual. It's the everyday Canadian who's choosing to give a portion of their income towards something that they're really engaged with. And the stories that I really like are the ones where you're like, where someone who's already really generous and already really involved in community meets charitable impact and then goes, (gasps) oh. I didn't know that I could use this charitable giving thing to further advance what I'm already engaged with, right? And I think that's really special because the message there ultimately is that like so many of us as Canadians, well, Americans and people around the world are acting on our generosity every day, right? You're doing things that help people out that advance your community but not as much in an organized or an efficient way. And there are ways to really promote the increased effectiveness by doing charitable giving. And Darian, just now let's just use you as an example, just because, you know, here we are talking to you, right? So you value education, you, you've you got friends and family who are charitable like you, you probably, well, I think I know enough about you to say that you value charitable giving as a component of your lifestyle, right? And so you kind of go, well, how cool would it be if we went to our friends and family to constantly raise a scholarship fund which we then used as a small group of people to give to a youth you know from our community who's deserving right that's a story i love because it's driven by you and your community and it's creating change in someone's life right the recipient it's changing you guys too as the as as the donors and it's totally scalable I mean, people in every community across Canada could start their own scholarship funds, and you'd have multiple millions of dollars more for education than exists right now, right? So I think the really important stories that happen at charitable Impact are when, forgive the term, but ordinary Canadians like you and me yeah. kind of go, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that with some assistance, I can actually add this component to my lifestyle to create this type of change that I'm really motivated by, and now I know I can do it. And then they go and do it, and it continues. And those are the everyday stories that are kind of heroic, but at this sort of lay level of heroism, right, which is just sort of everyday. And that's a beautiful thing that we want to see more of, right? Charitable giving doesn't have to be this massive, heroic, put your name up on the wall type of thing. I mean, that can be a component of it, and maybe should be. But really, it should be ultimately about individuals just sort of going about their life. And as they go about their own life, adding value to the lives of other people in the communities that they live in. And charitable giving is this vehicle that is built corporately to enable that to be done more efficiently. And charitable impact is an organization that really helps people translate that reality to make it easy for them to get engaged with doing.
0: Amazing. And so, uh, you know, business owners are, agency owners who are listening to the uh, you know, call now, or, or even people in HR who are figuring out kind of gifting ideas. So one, we talked about charitable impact as a vehicle for giving to employees, give to employees or, or clients. But then secondly, let's talk about the matching ability as well. The, the fact that you could set it up for a matching fund for your employees.
1: Yeah, so organizations like, you know, I think the future of employee, what I refer to as an employee giving program is, is huge. It's actually here today, but the tools to make it possible for lots of organizations to do are just not accessible. So what would you do as an organization? Like in a modern world, you'd sort of say, look, we've got different people and they all care about their own causes. So let's match the amount of money that they choose to give away, you know, maybe up to a ceiling. And so we come alongside our team members and help their giving go further through matching. You might also give them money for them to give away, right? As a reward of recognition. Hey, you know, you weren't late to any Zoom meetings this week, Derry, yes. and here's the yeah. money from the yeah. company. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, like every now and again, it doesn't all have to be independent. You know, every now and again, like come together and choose a cause as a team or as a company and raise money in a in a crowdfunding. You know, using what we refer to as a giving group to have something that we're doing together and, and ship it out. And regardless of what charities everyone chooses, the other nice thing when it's all automated through the web, other than it being easier to do, is you get the data on all that. So like three years, you can look back three years later and go, huh, like, remember when we used to give all our money to, you know, food security? It's interesting how nowadays we're doing so much in climate and environmental giving. Was that us that changed or was that the world that changed? Or... And so that data is really important, too. Right, not only to reflect the generosity of the corporation in this standpoint and what they've facilitated and enabled in terms of generosity, but also in terms of understanding what values and causes matter to their employees and their customers. I mean, it's gonna lead to a new type of marketing that's more values-based. If Home Depot in Burnaby knew that there everyone cared about youth homelessness, but at Home Depot in Calgary, everyone cared about something completely different how might they use that data to create a different types of user experience in their store with their branding, marketing, regardless of, you know, the fact that they're still selling hammers and nails and other useful, useful things to make your house prettier.
0: It's amazing. So next year, this next year coming up, 2023, maybe trends or what are you guys working on or what, what you can share? What's possible to share that maybe you're, uh, you're, you got brewing at the moment.
1: Well, we're, we're an open book. I mean, we want more people being charitable. So even if people want to take our ideas and compete with us, we think that's good, right? We need more organizations selling coffee so that there's more coffee being drunk. You know, we need more people enabling charity around people. So first, <laughs> like a, I like to be an open book as much as possible. I think there's two key things. Like one is that the donor advised fund will uh, start to emerge as a more social platform, right? So charitable giving is a social thing regardless of how you look at it, you know, some people react against that. But if you start to really think about it, it's a social reality, right? So, you know, causes are social giving is can be social, even between, you know, you know, partners at home, you know, so it's a social reality. And so how do you add the social fabric into the transactional bank account for charity, we're going to do that, it will help with discovery, it will help with learning and education, it will help with brand development of you know companies that do stuff, donors that do stuff. And so that's one big one. And then the other big one is, I think, about how do you really use content to engage people in learning more about charitable giving and what they can do and being attracted to getting engaged with it. And our strategy there is being led by, I think, what experts call content strategy, right? So we're really not an organization yet that spends a ton of money on buying ads and all that stuff. We're really trying to work on how do we create story constructs and enable story like from users to tell stories that can be shared that as they proliferate, cause the listener to think a little bit, get excited and get engaged in actually doing charitable giving. So content for education and engagement, and then social features into the donor advised fund so that you can use the donor advised fund, not just to carry out your charitable giving, but also to discover and facilitate and befriend around your charitable giving.
0: That's really cool. So, okay, two children, how old are your kids now? 11, almost 12 and 10. Okay. So they're going into their twenties, let's just say this is 10 years from now. What what impact has charitable impact had for your kids in, while they're in their twenties? What's their how's their life going to be different than ours, or how how has the world changed from uh, the work you've done over the next ten years?
1: Well, let's talk about agency. I mean, what what my hope is for my children is that they go into their twenties knowing that they can use charitable giving to create change in the world, right? Just like saying you can use fitness to be healthier, right? And so when you know that and you have enough education to do that and you have tools to help you do it, then, and in my actual view, only then can you really make a choice about whether or not you're going to participate in it. So today, most people opt out of giving or like by default, they don't give and then uh, charitably anyway. And then when they're asked, sometimes they go, oh yeah, I'll give. What I want the future to be is where everyone kind of gives and then you opt out of it because you're like, ah, oh, it's just not for me. Or like, you know, I'm going through a rough patch. Or like, I don't believe when I give money away, I create change. Like if people want to conclude that and it's not everyone, I think that's fine. I mean, we are all our own people. and But people don't today, generally speaking, the average person on the street doesn't know that they can use some of their time, talent and treasure in an organized and intentional way whether it's a little or a lot of money, for example, whether it's a little or a lot of time to drive change in their community. And that
0: needs to change. Hey, question, Marie, the, the, the tech that seems to be a lot more prevalent is the tap tech. Like you could go to a, I've seen a few billboards now kind of pop up billboards, like they're, they're, they're pop up on their they're, not, they're you know, permanent, it's not Patterson, but you could tap it and donate $2 or tap it and donate 10, or it gives you three options. Do you know much about that tech? Or is it like, have you seen it? Why it's more common? Is it getting cheaper? Is it just getting more sophisticated? Or tell me about that.
1: Well, there's pro and con to that. So the pro is, so it is getting cheaper. That tech's getting more accessible because entrepreneurs are trying to solve the problem that the old school donation box, right? We used to drop coins or dollars into. Now what do you do when you don't have dollars or coins, right? So entrepreneurs are doing smart stuff to, make it easier to give. I think that's the pro. I think the con of it is that if everyone's doing that, you know, this idea of donor fatigue, you know, or just being over solicited from over marketed to in the charitable world is going to become a reality fast.
0: It's at yeah. every till. And so yeah, bootlegger. Yeah. Do you want to yeah. <laughs> like,
1: yeah. So, so I think it's really great but I don't think it's going to work. Like what I mean is it's going to work for some charities, just like fundraising works for some charities. But generally speaking at a macro level, fundraising, this is what I say about fundraising. Fundraising, first of all, I'm a fan of fundraising, right? So don't take this too, um, but it's important to be critical of it because there's not enough, critical thought around macro things in too many sectors in today's world, right? We zoom right in and we forget about the big picture. So the big picture problem with fundraising, which is a critical, important part of the sector, right? It raises money for charities, but it doesn't develop donors.
0: Yeah. Because even let's just say UNICEF or whoever gets a thousand of those tap things out, they got 10,000 tap things out to 10,000 trigger treaters They might get yeah, let's say 20%, you know, 10,000 new donors or whatever, May, more than that, right? So every kid gets maybe 10 new donors for UNICEF, but they don't have their contact information. They don't have their email. They don't have anything, right? They've, they've, they've just tapped it with their credit card.
1: So, you know, tech can start to change that type of stuff too. But let's just think about, zoom out a little bit on the experience. And if all you did was tap, tap, tap on, yeah. on Halloween, you're like, now I'm tapped out
0: yeah, of, literally.
1: you know, giving charitably. So I'm going to wait until next Halloween you know, charitable impact would, you know, in our, in our bias, but in our thoughtful bias, I think would say, look, just give the kids some candy, Yeah. drop a whole bunch of money into, you know, over time every month, drop, you know, 50 or hundred bucks, whatever number is good for you into your own giving account, and then be really thoughtful about how you want to use that. That would be our first approach. The second thing that we'd say is that we'd say, okay, tap, that's a really cool idea. How about we tap for the money to go into that kid's account So that after Halloween, they go home and they've now got 25 or 50 bucks that they have to be thoughtful about giving away.
0: That's genius. With their friends, without their friends. That's brilliant. Because otherwise the kid might be like, yeah, it's going to some generic charity that could afford this box and could afford to buy 10,000 tap devices. They're called WR325. I don't know what exactly, they they help people, right? Like that's, you know.
1: So, so I mean, you, 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 you your podcast is awesome. I, I'm a fan. Actually, I love. I've loved a lot of the things I've heard on it. You deal with a lot of you know people in the brand and marketing world who are thinking about the future of customer user experience and things yeah. like that. Here's one of the major hypotheses I have that's important for charitable giving, especially in the corporate world. First of all, let's just be honest and talk about return on investment, right? Corporations, without getting too deep, if they're not getting a return on their spend. Along some levels of financial theory, you shouldn't be spending that money. Okay, so let's not be afraid of talking about return on investment or what I call return on generosity, ROG, not ROI. Okay, number one. Number two, where can you extract the value for return on investment? It's almost certainly not from the charities that you choose to give to in the hope that what are they going to do? Put you in the newsletter that six people read? Right? What are they going to do? Spend money that you gave them not on their cause, but on like promoting your brand? No. Let's look at how we add value in the process of charitable giving. And so, for example, when you give money to someone else for them to give away, you add this touch point to the charitable gift. And so where I'm going, Darian, is to say that a big thing that's going to emerge in the charitable giving sector that's already starting to present itself if you're you know watching carefully, is where the charitable gift, instead of being a one-time you know, once a year shot out to a charity that hopefully everyone's going to like. You take the concept of charitable giving and the concept of charitable currency and you spread it around with the people that you care about most and you enable them to go through the process of giving it away. So, for example, corporations used to give to charities and still do, and they try to tell people about what they did to create ROI. The future is corporations are going to give to people who are then going to give to charities and the ROI is built in because the person who receives the charitable dollar from the corporation knows that the corporation sent them a dollar and knows that they were given also the gift of agency to decide where it goes, right? And that's very, very different from a user experience standpoint. It costs less money and it creates more effectiveness because it develops the donor.
0: Yeah, like at my office, for example, I've I've TELUS for internet because it's all there is here and where I am, but I use Rogers for my phone. But like Rogers tells me maybe once a year that they give to the scholarships to the Ted Rogers Scholarship Fund. But TELUS, and they've been scratching the surface on this, would send me an email and be like, hey, this Christmas, would you like a box of chocolates, something else? Or would you want to give to one of our three favorite charities? And you could pick the three options. And then when you go to pick one of our three favorite charities, you then have the license to pick one of the three charities. Or they've dabbled in the community funds, right? So every small community or Vancouver to Calgary to wherever, they put their giving dollars in the hands of people to decide where it goes. But I, I, yeah. but, but if they took it a step further, I wouldn't be stuck with only three. I'd be I'd be given the, I, I, how many charities in Canada now? Thousands?
1: Oh, oh yeah, 85,000 plus.
0: 85,000 charities to choose from. That's yeah. a lot of options. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I don't know what yeah. the trends are. Is yeah. there like, is there, is there so many new a year, and so many that like shut down? Is that, is there trends in that, or many that are not operational? I assume.
1: Yeah. yeah, there's trends in that, but generally the number hovers around eighty five thousand. So it it seems to work out that you know the number that shut down or are revoked continue yeah. to be replaced by new registered charities. And if you have a charitable impact account, those old charities will leave the system, and the new ones will enter in. So you don't have to ever think about you know what's a real charity or not, you just have to think about of the real charities, which ones do you want to give to when and why. Yeah.
0: That's amazing. <laughs> so John, where where can people go to learn more? Where can they go? Like whether they're, you know, in HR, they own their company, they're in marketing, where can they go to kind of discover more of these options?
1: Well, you know, we're charitableimpact.com. You can you can find us online uh, at We Are Charitable on, you know, all the socials. I think for people who are really interested in charitable giving, you know, I I really encourage people just to reach out to us in person, send us an email, you know, reach out on our chat, call our team. You know, we have a team there to support people, right? And it's okay to call us and just explore what you think you're thinking about. You don't have to have an account. You don't have to have money in your account. You don't have to be a donor to call us and and talk about charitable giving. You know, there's nowhere to go to get objective help with your charitable giving. And charitable impact's trying to fill that void. So, you know, while there's all the, you know, web-based approaches and please do that, I, I really do encourage people to just say, Hey, you know what, there's might be something there. Even if there's a might be something there, you know, reach out and talk to one of our, our team members and talk about what you're trying to achieve and see if we can help you.
0: Yeah, that's great. There's, a, there's an old joke in SEO where it's like the, the diseases, you know, kind of the cures for the diseases, like the most popular cures are the ones with the best SEO. Right? It's almost in some ways, in this sense, it's like the charities that get most of the donor dollars that have the best SEO, right? But in some cases, they might just have the money or the time or the energy to get there versus people on page two and page three might be doing some incredible work and, uh, and they can be discovered through charitable impact.
1: That's totally true. And there's lots of things you can do to create charitable impact by not even giving directly to charities, right? For example, the corporation set up an employee matching program.
0: Yeah, that's
1: awesome. You know, send charitable dollars out to your best customers for them to give away.
0: Okay, on that. Okay, here's a question for you. And I don't know if you were there, if 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 the tech is there yet. If I've say got 100 clients and I give them all say 100 dollars, right? And and do I get the data back that tells me of my 100 clients? This is the general areas that they gave to, like, or does it? Can I? How much data do I get back on that?
1: We can we can provide you that data um, you know, we take privacy seriously, of course, yes, right. You can so tell but me if you send it exactly, out to hundred sure. people, yeah, on an anonymized basis, we could, we could tell you that, uh, and we would be happy to, the tech isn't quite there yet to show that inside of your account. That's one thing that will start to appear as we okay. build more social features yes, into yes. your donor okay. advice. Fund, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. You sent money that. here. This is what people did with it. Yeah. But you can request it. Yeah. And, so and, we, and it's really important that people do.
0: See, that would be amazing because even like whether it's our own staff or my client base to be like, wow, 80% of my staff are interested in this cause. We should really be considering that for this next year or this maybe not specific charity because you probably, can you give the specific charity or can you give just the general cause data or do you give well, both? To,
1: the, well, in theory, you can do, give both. Definitely, you can give to the exact charity. I think an emergent thing that's coming is is where you can give to the fund or what what I would refer to as an impact portfolio. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. In fact, I'll go further to think like, you know, just think about all the people who invest money and save for the future, but don't know anything about the stocks that they own. You know, they use an investment manager, or a mutual fund. There will be investment managers in the charity sector that emerge over the next five years. Wow. And, and there will also be mutual fund portfolios that come about both human led and uh, um, AI kind of algorithmically driven. We're very aware of that at Charitable Impact. You know, I think about this kind of stuff a lot, uh, but we haven't done anything substantive yet to uh, merge that into our uh, user experience, our donor experience. Okay,
0: that's awesome. John, thanks for being here. This was great. Darren, it's always fun to to chat. Anything else you want to leave with listeners, viewers that you want to share that they should know?
1: Well, charitable charitable giving is not just a nice thing to do. I mean, it is a nice thing to do, but it's actually something that can like help you become more of a the person that you, you want to be, as cheesy as that sounds, right? And so I think it's okay for people to start being a little selfish about their charitable giving, meaning to kind of go like, gee, like I'm going to do this because it's actually going to make me and my community and this cause that I care about better, right? And so lean into that, lean into the joy that's derived from doing it and try to, you know, the money has got to come along with it. I think the time and or the money that you spend has to come along with it. But I think a message that we want to communicate is like charitable giving is just, it's actually something cool and fun to engage with. It's not just about, you know, cutting a check and hoping someone else, you know, is saved in the process. We can engage as as people, you know, giving back a part of our lifestyle. And as we do that, more impacts can be created in our communities.
0: Awesome. Well, John Bromley, Charitable Impact, thank you for joining us this week on Marketing News Canada. Thanks, Jane. Thanks for joining us, everyone, this week, and we'll see you next time on the show. Thanks for listening to Marketing News Canada. For more episodes and other great stories from Canadian marketers, visit marketingnewscanada.com. All episodes are recorded in the Jelly Marketing Studio thanks to our producer, Chris Penner, and editors, Travis Jeffers and The Podfather.